Mm-hmm. When we got to when we got to Reading. the tight times in Reading in mm-hmm. Bethel, the reality of leaving our business is some of the notes she has. Yeah, <laughs> no, thinking that we had a nest egg behind us, something that was going to propel us through and good. sustain us, and then to find out that we had nothing and they had to walk by faith. By one point eight million dollar debt, that's yeah. worse than walking by faith. Yeah, and then the other thing too, I, I know it's in the notes, but like painting the picture of what Bethel was like when you guys moved here. Oh, that's so a good many idea. People see Bethel as like this amazing, healthy, thriving. Oh, that's my dream. That, yeah, that wasn't the case. Yeah, paid. that's what I was saying when not being able to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Do you know how we're going to end it? Um, no, we'll figure it out though. Okay, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all set. <clears throat> ready? Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to Cultural Catalyst. I'm Chris Bellaton. We're here to teach you how to be fully alive co-labor with God, and change the world. We want history to become his story. And I'm here again. This is our fourth session. It is. That's our Kathy Valentin. Final session My lover, together. my friend, my business partner. What else did I leave out? Best friend, not just best your friend. friend your best, best friend, friend. Best friend. And the mother of my children, our children, the mother of our children. She mothered them, and I fathered them. Well, today we're going to talk about Oh, I got the wrong notes up here. Yeah, today we're going to talk about where it all began in Reading. Mm. So you know, we talk about where it all began when we got married, like three sesh, four sessions ago. But today we want to talk about the biggest leap of faith that we've ever. Yeah, last week we talked about our move to Lewiston and Weaverville and all our craziness. adventures, the, the craziness, Holy Spirit journey, Holy Spirit journey that happened. So if you missed that one, you want to go back and watch it. Yeah, you want to watch really last good. week's and. Um, and all these stories that we're telling right now, they're in Kathy's book, The Good, The God, and The Ugly, a supernatural a story of a supernatural family, which is our family. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Bethel, Bethel's website, on our on our website, kvministries.com. Um, and so we, you wrote this book, and this, these are these are most of these stories you told are at least partly in there. Mm-hmm. So exciting times. We were living in Weirville, and we, we were living your dream. Come on. Yeah. Admit I'll, it. I admit it. My dream. We were living her dream. And we had, at, you know, we had grown to three auto parts stores. We had an auto parts store in Reading, one in Weaverville, and one in a Willows. town called Willows. And um, our business was <clears throat> was doing pretty good. It was, you know, and then we, we had sold our, our repair shops. And we also had our air conditioning business, which we rebuilt air conditioning compressors. And we had about 42, 43 employees. Mm-hmm. And then uh, something happened. We, Bill Johnson had left Weaverville it's after 17 years of being our pastor yeah. in this, this little town. And he went back to Pastor Redding, the, the Bethel Church in Redding, where his dad pastored mm-hmm. for like 17, 15, 16, 17 years. And Bill was actually on staff at Bethel. I, no, Wasn't he was he the pastor? outreach pastor. Oh, okay. He was, I think he was in his late teens or early 20s when he pastored there. And it was Bethel that sent Bill to Weaverville. Right, I remember that. And then after they lost, well, I think they went through, so his dad, and then there was like two or three pastors in between his dad and then and Bill. And then the board came and asked Bill if he would go to, to Reading. And that was really- That was a terrible- That was hard. That was a terrible period of time. For us, yeah. yeah. For our church. So sad. We, were, we thought we'd be together forever. Yeah. Yeah, they- they broke off from us. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they, they, Abandoned ship. They left the mothership. 
<laughs> or they went back to the mothership, depending on how, how you look at the Star Trek journey. And Danny Silk became our pastor mm-hmm. that we led to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we became like, well, we were st- we were in our businesses, but we also became like the number two person. Danny was a social worker, and uh, so was Danny Cherry. Learning how to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Holy Spirit was still moving. Kathy's story was what what we were sharing last week with with the Holy Spirit moving powerfully. People falling on the ground. That was happening when Danny got there, and mm-hmm. you know, Danny never had been. They had moved away and came back, so they had never pastored anything like that. No. So, so we were you know pastoring that, and then um, and we hadn't seen Bill. Well, we, we'd seen him a few times, but. Once they moved, they were really busy with Bethel Church, and we, it's an hour, you know, an, an hour drive from Weaverville to to Reading. So we didn't see them a ton. And then our kids got married. Our oldest daughter Jamie got married to a guy named Marty, and they were at a YWAM base. And we we were you know they were at a YWAM base, and they invited Bill to come speak at the YWAM base. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. They were at, staffing it then. Yeah, they were staffing a YWAM base in Colorado. So, you know, so Bill calls and he's like, hey, your kids invited me to come and speak at their YWAM base. Why don't you come with me? We're going to be gone for like four or five days. You can see your kids and we could see one another. So, wow, that'd be great. So we end up in Colorado together. We had, this, uh, we had um, this is another Holy Spirit journey where, you know, Bill's praying for people. There's like 60 students in the class. They're all over on the floor crying, weeping, and I'm ministering, you know, mostly prophetically to to the the YWAMers. It was we're definitely put the wham back in the Y in that, <laughs> in that place, and and it was a lot of fun. We were having a lot of fun together, and uh, we, you know, why 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 uh, YWAM, you know, is like youth without money. So we were staying in this. It was it was snow. Gosh, it's always snowing every time I tell the story. It was like three feet of snow on the ground, and they had us in this little cabin. I mean, it was like three hundred foot square foot cabin. It just had a, it had two beds. Two beds. It had like one room and a, and a toilet and a sink, and so there was two beds. It was like a, a a bunk bed, like a twin bed here, a twin bed here, and then right here was the bathroom. And Bill was sleeping like in this twin bed. So when I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'd have to walk by Bill. So, and he, you know, obviously sleeping and I walked by Bill for five nights every night as I walked by Bill, he is completely asleep and he's saying he's in his sleep. He's like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're amazing all night long. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I, I was wrecked. I was wrecked. I was like, I'm in love with this man. And I, and as the days got you know, as we got, you know, first day, second day, as the, as the days went on, I got deeper and deeper, con- like, I don't say convicted or connected to the fact, like, my life is somehow tied to this man. Mm. Like, I, I, I felt in my spirit, you know, we'd been separated for about two years. I felt in my spirit, like, I, I was actually born to be with this man. Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I would cry at night. I would, you know, Bill was... Uh, I'd be in my in my bunk, and I was just like, "Lord, I just whatever's on this man, I, I I'm so attracted to this love he has for you and his leadership." And so we leave there. That was powerful. It's very a very powerful time. And we leave there, and we we end up uh, flying home. It's like two or three flights home, 
And we're in San Francisco waiting for this little hopper plane that goes to Reading. And Bill Bill doesn't talk very much. He's a very quiet, I mean, we've, we've been with him 43 years. He's very quiet, introverted, doesn't usually start a conversation, especially a private one. So we're sitting at this uh, table um, having lunch, waiting for our, our plane uh, to leave. And, you know, Bill just quietly leans over the table and said, you know, I, I really feel like you're supposed to come to Reading and start a school ministry. Well, we had done some classes for Bill on Saturdays. Mm. So I was like, well, what day do you want to do that mm-hmm. school ministry? And he's like, no, you don't, you don't understand. You know, Bill's really soft-spoken. He's like, no, I, I want you to leave your business and I want you to come to Reading and start a full-time school <laughs> ministry. You know, and my and, and my heart was like, yes, yes. Because that has always been your dream, well, that, is to be in ministry. Yeah, well, it had been for years. Yeah. And so, and 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 my, my mind was like, oh my gosh, how can we do that? We have three, you know, four businesses and three locations and 40 employees. And, you know, but my heart was like leaping and, you know, and, and he said, uh, you know, we can't, we can't pay you. Uh, we have, you know, he said, things are a little tight at Bethel. We can't pay you until, you know, once the school starts, you, you know, you could get a wage. So I get home and I am totally, totally wrecked. And I, I get home, of course, I, you know, we got a plane flight, plane flight. We have a plane flight to Reading and then I have an hour drive home. So by the time I get home, I, I am crying all the way home. I walk in the door and of course, Kathy wants to hear about our kids because we hadn't seen our kids for like nine months. And I walk in the door and she's like, hi, honey, it's good to see you. How's the kids? And I'm like, I'm in love with a man. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I'll never forget what? That. I'm in love with a man. She's like, oh, okay, sit down here, honey. Because, you know, she was having Holy Spirit encounters and I wasn't. So, and then she's like, what's going on? I'm in love with a man. And I'm, I'm in tears. And she's like, what, what, what happened? So I tell her the whole story and. And like, Bill's sleeping next to me down, you know, in a, in a bed uh, in the same room with me. And, and you know, and he's having these encounters at night. And I just, I was born to be with this man. And, and he asked us if, go to, you know, if we could build a school. And she's like, well, what night does he want us to do that? I'm like, no, no, he wants us to leave everything. And she's like, and Kathy is like Miss Practical. Like she, her gift, she has a gift for finance. She has a gift for organization. She has a gift for structure. And she is like. You know, and I have I, a gift for not changing. Yes. She is like, she does not, she loves security. Yeah. She loves security and she loves to know what's happening. And I'm like the, woo, I love change. I love pioneer. It's like settler, married pioneer. So, you know, so she was like, she, you know, she, she was like, oh, well, well. I was I, shocked. Immediately she starts asking questions. Like, this is what she does every time. How will we make a living? And. And and how how what will we do with our businesses? And, and it's like I don't know. I'm just in love with the man. I know we're supposed to go. <laughs> and so just by just by Holy Spirit chance, she was supposed to go to a worship um, conference at Morningstar mm-hmm. Ministry, Rick Joyner's Morningstar. I think the next week. So you know I'm crying and crying, and she's like, I mean she she's the one who's been touched by the Holy Spirit for years. And she could see there's something going on with me. And she said, well, babe, I'm, I'm with you. I just asked one thing that the Lord would show me, just like he showed you that we're supposed to do this. 
And so you went off to Morningstar. You made, you made me sound a little bit more positive than I really was. Yeah. How I was pretty, I was pretty distraught. I mean, yeah. we, our kids were born in that house in Weaverville. We built that house. We built that house in Weaverville. Almost lost it twice. Almost lost it twice. Our friends, our family, my, I have to say my dream mm-hmm. was in Weaverville. And I thought we would die there. We lived there 20 years, raised all of our kids there. And then, you know, for you to go away for a week and come back saying, I want to move. It was like, crushing i was like i i i almost literally i felt like i was going to die inside because i it was like the end of a dream the end of an era and a huge change that you were asking me to make but you did say i did say it was a prophetic conference and then a worship conference back to back right after so i said i just need some time away to get with god and to think about what you're asking me to do and you said if he tells me the same thing then i'm with you yeah i said i but i need to hear from god so you left. So I did. I left and went and stayed with Tracy Evans, mm-hmm. um, who had in Weaverville had stayed with us for so many years. And I was in a service where um, every day you called. Every, every night, every night after service, I would call home and, and your first words would be, after you said, hi, honey, how are you? You'd say, did you hear from God? Yeah. Every single night and every single night I would say, nope, didn't hear, yeah. didn't hear anything. So the la- it was the last night of the conference, yeah. and I'm like, God, I've got to hear you. I can't have come all the way out here just for nothing. So Tracy and I were in a service. <clears throat> Ray Hughes was speaking, and it was just about ready to wrap it up, and he closed his Bible, and he said, I don't even know why I'm using these notes. I don't— I'm not supposed to do I'm not this. Supposed to, I'm not even supposed to do this. And he's, he started talking about coming, leaving Bethlehem and coming down the mountain— into the valley. And just those are the only words I heard. Bethlehem, and I saw Bethel. And there was in, <clears throat> and the you, mountains coming from the mountains into the valley. I saw Weaverville, and Redding. But you said you thought he said, and just someone's leaving, leaving the mountains, and you're going to like Bethel. You thought he said that. I thought that's what he said, but mm. he actually said Bethlehem. I heard Bethel. Yeah. He said mountains. To the valley, and I saw, heard Weaverville and Redding. That's that's what I was picturing. And after that, I don't remember anything. It was like this crazy encounter that lasted over but a half hour. You actually thought he said someone's coming out of we out of the mountains and going to Bethel because that's what you told me on the phone that mm-hmm. night. He said, gave this prophetic word. Someone's coming out of the mountains and they're going to Bethel. Remember that? Or- so. We had th- this in- this encounter was crazy, and just as we were kind of like coming out of this encounter, and Tracy was having the same experience that I was having, mm-hmm. and there was a lady sitting right behind us, and she put her hand on my shoulder, and and she said the funniest thing. She said, "Honey, don't be surprised if what you heard isn't what he said." I thought that. I looked at Tracy, and I thought that was really weird for her to say that. I had no idea who she was, so. We leave the service, and I said, we got to get that tape to hear what happened. VCR tape. And it was a VCR. So we went to get the, v- the actually we went to get the audio and listened to it, and it ended. They, it didn't record that last part of what Ray had said, the whole vision experience that we were, Tracy and I were having. So then we went and got the VCR tape. She didn't have a player, so I had to wait until I got home to show it to you. So I remember walking in the door, popping it into the, the player, 
And I'm re I'm fast forwarding it to the spot where he's talking about leaving the mountains. I'm like, here it is, honey, here it is. So he he Ray starts saying what he did. And Chris is giving me this weird look on his face. And I'm like, is this what you're talking about? And I'm like, say anything about like, mountains honey, or going we gotta, to I rewound it and then played a fast forward. And I'm looking for this place on the tape where he's talked about this. And nowhere, Chris is like, this is crazy, honey. This is the experience that you had. I'm like, ask Tracy. She was there. She knows. And then I said, you know, it's really strange. This lady said right before she left, she said, don't be surprised if what you heard is not what she what no, he said. said. And I was like, honey, you're never going to believe this, what happened, this experience that I had. And that's when God actually touched me. And I was like, I can't say I was overjoyed to go to Reading, but I knew that that's where we were supposed to be. So I off we peace. went to Reading. And mm-hmm. what was really, you know, we had this this great business plan. We had uh, our supplier, who is the second largest supplier of aftermarket auto yeah. parts in the United States. We went to them. We said, hey, we want to make this move. They said, we'll buy your stores because we were just going to sell our stores mm-hmm. on the open market. They said, oh, no, no, no. We want to, we'll buy the stores. Mm-hmm. So we made this deal that they're going to buy the stores and, you know, it's going to be like a 90-day escrow. And so we, you know, I, I think after about six months, I went to mm-hmm. Reading. I moved to Reading. Kathy stayed in Weirville. We had managers for every store. Mm-hmm. So the managers managed the stores with Kathy. And then I was in, already in Reading, uh, starting the school. Not we didn't have any students, but just starting, you know, working there for the free. Groundwork, yeah. Doing all the groundwork for nine months. Well, I'm, we're there, and and we sell, we sell there, and we're like we're waiting for the escrow to close. Huh. And like every month, they have another reason. Like, oh, we need to inventory you guys again. Oh, we need to we need these statements. Oh, we it's need this. One and, thing after another. And, you know, they they flew in twice to audit us, and you know, with Kathy. And so it kept going on, and like month after month after month after month. So by the time I leave Reading and go to Weaverville, and, and it's like six months later, Kathy's following me, we're, we're like, they say, okay, it's going to close Friday. It's been 18 months. So we're like, all right, well, it's going to close, and we're going to have money because we were going to have about a quarter of a million dollars profit from the sale to them and we were going to have about quarter million dollars profit from the sale of the of our business and then one day our manager calls us and says hey uh we just called for parts and the numbers disconnected the phone numbers disconnected from this from our warehouse like that they have 3200 stores and so anyway the short story is we find out within three days that they went bankrupt and not only do are they not going to pay us the two hundred fifty thousand dollars? We owe them one point four million dollars. So we owe them one point four million. They owed us one point seven million, and that was the three hundred thousand that was going to happen right there. So because we bought auto parts from them, anyway. The short story is we find out they don't that they actually are bankrupt, and then we find out they call they call our note due. And in the end of that story is we end up owing $1.8 million. Instead of having $250,000, we owe $1.8 million, and we have no supplier. And basically our business, our, we, we have to close our business because we, we have it's like having a dairy with no cows or a you know, gas station with no gas. So that was the 
it was so crazy that I remember laughing at it, thinking there's no possible way we could ever survive something like this. Yeah. I mean, we went through hard times in the beginning part of our business. Yeah. Especially in Weaverville in the in the wintertime. But it wasn't anything compared to what no. we were experiencing. So we went to see the elders. I went to see Bill and I said, We have to go back to work. We have to we have to go we owe one point eight million dollars. We're gonna go bankrupt. I don't wanna be in front of on the stage, you know, with with you know, with people, thousands of people. one thing and living another. Yeah, it was like crazy. So Bill said, okay, well, gosh, I don't want you to leave, but I want you to come and tell the elders. So we had an elders meeting with all the, the board. And, you know, I told them, I told them the entire story. We're just giving you a little piece of the story. We, I told the whole story, which took like 40 minutes. And, you know, hey, here's what we, here's what we owe. And we're going to go back to work and business and go bankrupt and rebuild our, our family our fi- family finance. And one of the uh, older men, he was probably 70 at the time, he, he stood up and he said, um, first of all, we don't want you to leave. Like family stays together in trouble. Mm-hmm. And secondly, would you wait for six months <clears throat> before you bankrupt? Could you allow us to pray that God would do a miracle? And I'll remember this as clear as day. I said, I don't have faith for that. He said, would you trust my faith? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, Kathy wasn't in that meeting. I'm like, well, what's six months? I mean, we 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 owe money. We don't have it anyway. So I said, yeah, we'll wait six months. Well, two months later, three nine hundred thousand was forgiven, and then another uh, within two more months, another three hundred thousand was mm-hmm. forgiven, and then people just started giving us money, like just giving us money. Like we we just come to church and there'd be. $10,000 laying on my desk in my office, like in cash. It would be $3,000 in my mailbox. It's like thousands of dollars, thousands. And remember, we weren't getting a wage from Bethel. Mm-hmm. So, and Bethel didn't have money. Like I, I walked in the, the CFO's office. This is all in the same, all at the same, same time. time. And I walk in his office and, and I, he's crying. And I think he's being touched by the Holy Spirit. Come to find out he's got the bills stacked. Here's 120 days late. Here's 90 days late. Here's 60 days late. Here's 30 days late. I have no money. We owe all of this money and we have payroll on Friday. And I'm like, so we're in trouble. And Bethel's in trouble. <laughs> Everywhere we turn. Like nobody has money. And so we're like, oh gosh, what do we do? And the school's one month from starting. Yeah. And we need just to get $1,000 each because we we were moved into this little apartment. So Kathy was going to, the goal was for Kathy to get a thousand, I get a thousand. So we made $2,000 a month, which we felt we could live on 2000 mm. a month. And in order for that to happen, we had to have 32 students. And the week before school started, we had 18 mm. students. Remember this? Yeah. Oh, yes. And we're like, we'd worked already nine months for free. Our businesses went broke. We're like in this, trying to figure out, we're in the supernatural provision in the midst of it though. And we have no money. And we have 18 students after nine months. We pray the school starts a week later and that and we have 37 mm-hmm. students the, the day school starts. Yeah. And we were both able to take a thousand bucks. You remember that? Yeah. So those were crazy times. Those were But they were really faith building times. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get yourself into a situation where you have to trust God, He He always comes through. It may not be the exact way we yeah. had imagined it. But he is our provider. You know, he says that over and over. He's our provider. Yeah. And, and put our trust in him and not in ma'am, man or mammon. Yep. 
but in God. I'll remember this. Uh, we owed uh, the SBA loan. We had an SBA loan. And we and by the way, we lost our house. We should say this before I say this story. We lost our house. We lost all of our businesses. We lost everything, but they let us keep our two cars and our and furniture. Our furniture. That yeah. was it. And our, a little bit of our uh, my toolboxes. And so we owed this uh, this nine this three hundred thousand dollars. I was two eighty seven, I think. And so the SBA guy, uh, Mr. Churchill, I think it was no Chamberlain. Chamberlain, yeah. He's calling us and he's like, "Hey, you owe this three two hundred eighty seven thousand. What do you want to do?" He's a collector guy, and we're like, "Okay, here's our situation. Like, we don't we we promised our the Lord not to bankrupt, but we have no income. Mm-hmm. We make two thousand dollars. We you know we still owe. By that time, we owed like." They're they're two eighty seven and about two hundred thousand more. And then told him the whole backstory. Told him so the whole backstory, and he's like, "Okay, well," uh, and he he wasn't a believer, but we said, "You know, we're praying that God will you know help us." And so about a week later, he calls and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, Mr. Valentin, um, I have a I have an idea. I said, what is it?" He said, "I'd love to for you to make an offer and compromise, and you just tell us how much money you would pay and." And if they if they accept it, they would forgive the rest of the debt. <laughs> and I, I'm like, accept it. Like <laughs> we still owe like five hundred thousand dollars, and we 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 are making enough to barely live. He goes, well, just make an offer, like any offer. And I'm like, you owe two hundred eighty seven thousand. What what could you offer? I mean, couldn't offer half, couldn't offer a third. So I said, fine, I'll give you ten thousand dollars. And I was just being funny. I'm like, I'll give you ten thousand dollars, and you call it. You call it even. He goes, okay, that's your offer? I said, yeah. And I said, by the way, I don't have $10,000. So, because once he was taking it serious, I'm like, well, what are you saying? I don't have $10,000. So he calls me back like it was like a week later. And he said, Mr. Valentin, um, they won't take 10000 but they'll take 11500 For 11500 we will forgive your debt. And it won't even be on your credit record. I was like. Well, he didn't say that part yet. Yeah, that was that was later. Yeah. So we're like, okay, where are we gonna get eleven thousand dollars? And we and we started praying, uh, God give us money. And we, so we owed I mean the two big and we, things. We had we only had until the thirtieth. Oh, he said you got thirty days. Yeah. You got thirty days. The other the other thing is the deal's off if you can't pay this in thirty days. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're just praying and we owed one other thing. We need we owed a uh, IRS, a big IRS mm-hmm. debt. So we're like, and, and they were calling all the time. So we're like, we owed a bunch of, we owed 127 suppliers, but these are the two things that were like on really us every pressing. day. And so anyway, a man comes up to uh, us, and this is a longer story that we won't tell right now, but and gives us a check for $30,000 the on the 29th day, the <laughs> day before we had to pay the, the 11500 And the 11500 and the money we owed to the IRS was almost exactly a 30000 so we, we called Mr. Chamberlain. We paid him off. We paid off the IRS. And had enough for a tithe. And had enough for a tithe. Yeah, that the was rest it. was for the tithe. Yep. He cried. He cried when you called. Remember that? Yeah. Well, he met with us. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. He said, I've been I've been in the collection department for this bank for, I think, 30 years. And he said, I've never, ever encountered anybody like you guys who have noble character and, are, and have done what you did. And then he said, I'm going to make sure that this doesn't show up on your credit record. Yeah. And the other thing that was really kind of cool too, is they were having to liquidate all of our assets yeah. to go towards, you know, to pay back yeah. the bank loan. And 
he was telling you what he was going to get for certain pieces of equipment and stuff. And you just shook your head and said, please don't, please don't, don't liquidate. That, let, yeah. let me do it. So you ended up liquidating the most of the equipment, most of the equipment and, and parts and stuff and got way more money for the bank than yeah. he ever would have. Yeah. And so that, that, that was, I think that's what touched him. And just here, just walking through our story and our journey, because he said we you gave shouldn't. him the keys to our house. He didn't have to sue us. Yeah, and we didn't bankrupt, mm -hmm. so they didn't have to go through bankruptcy court. And within three years, we had paid paid off or for, been forgiven every single debt, mm -hmm. which was beautiful. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. And then school. We had 37 students our first year. We graduated 36, which if you know anything about schools, that's amazing. And the next year, the student who didn't graduate graduated. Yeah. Next year, we had 68 students. The next year, we had 228 students. Mm -hmm. The next year, we had 267 students. And our school was just growing and growing yeah. and growing. And uh, and then Bethel, I got to be, I got put in charge of overseeing the finances. And Bethel came out got out of debt the same three years we got out of debt. Mm -hmm. So by the third year, Bethel was completely out of debt. And we were we were rolling. <laughs> and here we are. Such a sweet story. It's it's a it's kind of a sweet sour story. You know, so many times people try to bypass the process of what the Lord wants to take mm -hmm. them in. And we don't end up learning the lessons that we need to when we try to take an escape route. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many times we circle back through the same things over and over and over. And I did a teaching. It's called There's Power in the Process. And we gain so much strength. Come on. So much strength from going through that process. And who likes going through that? Not me. It's not fun. No. But all the things, all the lessons that, I learned all the lessons that you learned yeah. are invaluable and they're lessons that we can pass on um, to our kids and to our great grandkids. And, you know, our, our kids saw the journey. They walked through the journey with us. They know what it's like. Our grandkids have heard the stories and our great grandkids will hear those, those same stories. Totally. And it's so life changing. It's for our, for ourselves and for our family and for generations that we'll never see because the stories are testimonies yeah. of God's good love and his good yeah. grace that'll go on throughout the ages. Yeah, that's been so beautiful. And we've been through so many hard times. But, you know, as you said, between the promise and the palace is always, always the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think you're right. You know, we're in this COVID season, as we mentioned in our first session. Mm -hmm. And, then, you know, there's so many people are hurting. So yeah. many people are hurting. And, you know, uh, locked in their houses, um, you know, people that can't come out, people, you know, just it's, it's businesses closed, restaurants hurting. Yeah. And, you know, and people are like, what, what's the purpose here? And I think the beautiful thing about God is that God takes ashes and he makes beauty out of it. Yeah. He takes a little boy's lunch and he feeds 5,000 plus people. Yeah. And, you know, he, he makes water from wine. Yeah. And one of the things that we've learned is that there's always hope. There's always a miracle around yeah. the corner. And sometimes you have to press in and wait for it. But, you yeah. know, we, we're, you know, we don't just have a supernatural school. We, we believe that God's a supernatural God. Yeah. And we've, we're witnesses of God's you know, incredible provision for us. Yeah. 
Before we close, I, I, I'd like to pray. I, I feel like, you know, I wrote a book called Poverty, Riches, and Wealth. By the way, that's there's another plug for a book. But I was more thinking about we tell this these stories in that book because we felt like we should take you know, what we learn from our journey of pain mm-hmm. and we should help people that are going through the same thing, mm-hmm. just find hope and find and find process mm-hmm. and find structure and and also develop a wealth mentality. Not, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, you believe in the prosperity gospel? Well, I do, but not in the way that you, not in the way you're, you right. think. And so, Lord, I just want to say, so many people watching right now, I just want to say, Lord, I pray that you would help people that are going through the same things that we went through. Maybe they had a financial crisis. Maybe their dreams just crashed on the, on, uh, you know, on the shores uh, 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 of broken dreams and broken promises. And like us, where our supplier goes bankrupt after months and months and waiting to the place where there was no way we, no way mm-hmm. out. Lord, I pray for people that feel stuck, that feel that you know feel like their 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 life is over or their financial life is over and i pray god that the what you did for us mm-hmm. the way you delivered us that you would deliver them that our mm-hmm. testimony would become their prophecy mm-hmm. and lord that you would deliver people from financial crisis from relational crisis from health crisis from mental crisis from demonic crisis lord you are the god who delights in doing miracles. And we pray for miracles that this webcast would result in houses of acts where you don't just do a miracle, but you create houses of miracles. And we bless every watcher. We bless every hungry person. We bless everybody who will see this, this video in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. We're so glad that you watched.